I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Now, some people have accused Joe Manchin of throwing a curveball in President uh, at President Biden as he is uh, across the pond in Scotland. He's actually just wrapping up. We're monitoring a press conference the president is doing right now uh, before he boards Air Force One and flies back to our nation's capital. And as you look at the spending proposals that uh, have been battled over uh, since the first day of the administration and uh, continue to, to lag and to be stalled in the House and the Senate, uh, some people say that the that Joe Manchin said not so fast in terms of the amount of spending and how it's being funded and what it actually means for the American people. So what does that actually mean for President Biden and his agenda? What is the message this is sending to the American people? What's the impact on the Virginia's governor's race that we're monitoring throughout the day today, as well as local races and next year's midterm elections? And so I want to go through some of this because I think uh, Senator Manchin has been pretty clear in terms of where he is and what matters to him and what he looks at as he's assessing something that's a framework or something that is a bill. Uh, and those are different things. Uh, framework is a framework. It's just that. You have to get down to the specific bill text. That bill text should be scored by the Congressional Budget Office or CBO so you know how much it costs, what the implications are, and so on. And so Senator Manchin this morning uh, said, no, no curveballs here. He says, I didn't sign off on the social spending framework. And he went on to say that the White House knew exactly what his position was. Take a listen. The White House knew exactly where I stood. There was a couple of concerns that we had we had to work through. And to say that you automatically signed off on things, I've been here long enough to know that when you say you signed off on things, you ought to keep your word. And I'm not going to be a liar or make anyone else a liar. <laughs> so I love the fact that uh, Joe Manchin is saying, no, I'm not going to lie and I'm not going to make anyone else a liar. This this is how it played out. This is what I've been saying. This is what I'll continue to say and we'll continue to look at it. Uh, even right now, uh, all the way over in Glasgow, Scotland, uh, President Biden is answering a question about uh, Joe Manchin and where he stands and what that actually means in terms of the future of this agenda that the administration has laid out. Uh, specifically, when Joe Manchin was asked by reporters if he threw that curveball at the president while he was out of the country. Senator Manchin was very emphatic, saying, no, listen to this response. Not at all. I threw basically it's time to do something. The president's over there. He went there. He asked for something before he left, and everyone ignored it. I didn't ignore it. I thought it was something that could have been done. It was a very easy ask. Just vote for the bipartisan infrastructure bill. It has a tremendous amount of clean energy in it. would have helped an awful lot, and it does an awful lot, more than we've ever done before. They could even do that because they were saying it's not the perfect uh, is going to be the enemy of the good if we don't sit down and be rational about what we're doing. So again, Senator Manchin saying, "Look, no, no curveballs here. These are fastballs down the middle, 
And if they ignored it, the president went to Capitol Hill, asked congressional Democrats to take a vote. They said no. They ignored it. Uh, they they didn't do uh, what the president asked them to do before he left the country. And that was just vote on the infrastructure bill. And he was quick to point out that that infrastructure bill has a lot of climate components in it. And so you can have the debate over that. And uh, again, I think it's just an interesting thing. Of course, this has been splashing over into the Virginia governor's race, which is uh, neck and neck. I've talked to a number of pollsters today, uh, many of which have it either as a, just a straight toss up. Uh, I've talked to a few who have said that Glenn Youngkin uh, should probably win by a couple of points, two, maybe even three points. Uh, so that becomes an interesting dynamic in all of this. Uh, on Sunday, Terry McAuliffe, Uh, was trying to shift the narrative in terms of this being a referendum on the Biden agenda and turning it to make it a referendum on former President Donald Trump and his agenda. Take a listen. That's what Glenn Youngkin has done here in Virginia. He's created hatred and division just like Donald Trump. And that's why Donald Trump, his final campaign, is going to be for Glenn Youngkin here in Virginia. We don't want Trump. We don't want Youngkin. So just continuing on, in one campaign rally alone, uh, Terry McAuliffe invoked the former president's name 24 times. But now he doesn't want to talk about Trump anymore. Well, I do. Well, just remember this. I ran against Donald Trump. Terry is running against an acolyte of Donald Trump. All right. So last week, uh, Glenn Youngkin accused McAuliffe of bringing the Democratic Party's big shots uh, to save his campaign. Said it this way. He's acting like a desperate candidate. He's bringing everybody he can possibly find to come campaign with him to get the spotlight off of his failing campaign. Finally, Youngkin also said that uh, he's focused on Virginians, the citizens of the Commonwealth, while McAuliffe is focused on big government, bringing in his big friends. This race is about our kids' future, about Virginia's future. And Terry McAuliffe doesn't want to talk about it. Joe Biden doesn't want to talk about it because they're on the side of big government and I'm on the side of parents and students. So we're going to continue to monitor uh, what is taking place in Virginia today. And uh, again, it's it's so interesting that we have such a hyper focus on on Virginia. There's a lot of important things happen happening across uh, all the states and including right here in the state of Utah. If you haven't gotten out to vote yet, there is still time if you're not sure what to do. Go to vote.utah.gov. There uh, are ample opportunities for you to still weigh in. And again, these municipal elections, these local elections are so important. They do impact your daily living far more than a lot of the things coming out of Washington, D.C. do. Uh, So make sure you do your duty today. uh, Square those shoulders and uh, be informed and go vote. Real critical. Uh, As we continue to monitor what the president is saying in Glasgow, Scotland, again, just wrapping up a a press conference there, responding to reporters' questions before he boards Air Force One. We'll keep watching that. And, of course, when the president arrives back in Washington, D.C., he's expected to touch down around, uh, I think it's 1.45, 2 a.m. Eastern time. I think uh, he will get back into the country, and he will immediately have to deal with, Uh, with what is going on on Capitol Hill, uh, a very stalled agenda. And the dividing lines are just so interesting to me that uh, so much of this is the Democrats versus the Democrats uh, trying to figure out what the the right path is there. Uh, But but here's the problem. And this goes all this goes all the way to Glasgow, Scotland (laughs) of we we go immediately for the divisive 
piece of the puzzle as opposed to all of the things that everybody agrees on. And if you'd start there, rather than doing just these big, sweeping, massive bills that have so many different aspects in them uh, that shouldn't be, uh, then you end up with just political rhetoric. Uh, Just in the last little bit, Representative Cori Bush, uh, this was actually yesterday, uh, Cori Bush, a Democrat, called out Joe Manchin and said that Joe Manchin does not get to dictate the future of our country. I do not trust his assessment of what our communities need. Joe Manchin's opposition to the Build Back Better Act is anti-black, anti-child, anti-woman, and anti-immigrant. That is a direct quote from Representative Cori Bush, a Democrat uh, from Missouri in the United States Congress. And I don't know if uh, Representative Bush thinks that's a good way to get Joe Manchin on board, is to call him out as being a racist, anti-child, anti-woman, and anti-immigrant. Uh, I, I don't I don't know. As far as the uh, how to win friends and influence people category, I, I don't think that's what the textbook says you should do if you're trying to win votes or if you're trying to influence a United States senator. Uh, and I will just say this. Put all of the policy pieces of this aside for just a second. Just suspend... What's what's in the bipartisan infrastructure bill? Just suspend what is or isn't in this framework uh, for the social agenda for the president. Just set that aside for a minute. I think one of the most important things that we aren't talking about is the fact that Senator Manchin is doing exactly what every senator can do. And that is, let's have the debate. And let's bring it forward. But too often what happens is the leaders of both parties get together and decide what's going to happen. And then they tell the other 98 senators, it's all or nothing. This is all you get. This is your choice. And that's the problem. If every senator had the the courage to stand up and not back down, I think everyone predicted that Joe Manchin would cave and crumble on all of this. And he said, no, because I'm not going to drive up inflation. I'm not going to do things that are going to hurt the middle class and the poor and the most vulnerable. Uh, And that's what we should hope for. And sometimes we fall into, again, this fake fight and false choice. Uh, What today we are, some are calling obstruction by Joe Manchin. Uh, Tomorrow they may be calling that the shield uh, and protecting what is important. Uh, And so be careful of the headlines. Be careful of of jumping in either way on these things. Uh, There's a lot under the surface. There's a lot to be debated and discussed. And we'll continue to do that right here on KSL News Radio. So how will the president's spending plan affect the local communities? Congressman Blake Moore and Gordon Larson from the governor's office took part in a roundtable with community leaders in Ogden. We're going to talk about it coming up next. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.